get you ready for the Steelers and Eagles in Super Bowl 57. Once the Super Bowl is complete, all eyes turn to the Patriots and what their offseason is going to look like ahead of a big 2023 calendar year. The Bruins are back in action tomorrow against the Capitals. We check in on Jalen Brown's unfortunate injury with the Celtics. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. So the hype is almost over, and Super Bowl 57 is about to take place. And, you know, at the end of the day, you have the two top teams in each conference playing you know, in the Super Bowl. And that's basically you know, what you want, despite the fact that there's not a lot of love in these parts for either you know, the Eagles or the Chiefs. You know, to me, you have the best player in the game in Patrick Mahomes, who won the MVP on a gimpy ankle at this point. The best duo in the game with Mahomes and Kelsey. But, you know, can the rest of the Chiefs be equal to the task in this game. And to me, the Chiefs are not the best overall team in this game. I don't think they were the better overall team in the AFC Championship game, but the Chiefs' stars, particularly Mahomes, played better than you know, Joe Burrow in that game. And it didn't seem like you know the Bengals had the requisite energy and intensity to have success in the AFC Championship game. The Eagles rolled past a hapless 49ers team that lost their third-string quarterback and their fourth-string quarterback in that game, and Brock Purdy had to come back in on a uh, elbow, which is going to have surgery and have him out for several months um, to just basically hand off the ball. 49ers didn't have anything for the Eagles in that game. The Eagles blew out the Giants. There's a lot of discussion about how weak the Eagles' schedule has been this year. They're frauds. They haven't beaten anybody. But I'll point out this. Yeah, they haven't played a lot of the NFL elite, but their division was pretty good this year. You know, three teams out of the four made the playoffs, and the commanders were right there as well. So they did play, you know, some quality opponents within the division. They are a very well balanced team. I think both defenses are, particularly the Chiefs, is better than they get credit for. And the Eagles, of course, is dominant. So I think you'd have a pretty low-scoring Super Bowl. I'm thinking about 13-10. to 10, The Eagles end up winning this thing. Uh, we're going to hear from both the quarterbacks here in a sec is Patrick Mahomes. He's going to talk about his relationship with Travis Kelsey first. And then we'll hear from Jalen Hurts, who has done a quality job of silencing the critics. Yeah, it's, it's been a great run. And I think it, uh, it started, I mean, uh, as the friends we became off the field, that we've become like brothers now, that that relationship that we have has kind of translated on the field. And I know what he's thinking when he's out there. Um, and he's one of the greatest, not the greatest tight end of all time. And so for me to just find ways to get in the football um, and the way that he works um, to get himself better and better every year, I mean, it's a special player that uh, hopefully uh, we can keep, keep going for a long time because, uh, I mean, he's a guy that you'll never have another player like him in your career. Patrick Mahomes right there at the Super Bowl in Arizona. Here is uh, Jalen Hurts responding to a question about what it's been like to silence the critics who have not thought that he would be a great NFL quarterback. And here he is obviously very early in his career proving many people wrong. I might have to ask them that question. Let's see if they can answer that. Um, you know, I, 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 everything that I want to do is just quantify my work. Just quantify the work that I put in. I don't really like to look at the results. Um, never like to look at the results. Just the process of getting better. You know, that's it's truly, you know, uh, you can look back and say that there are so many things that can motivate me and drive me to want more 
and to be the best. And, and you know, why do I just keep getting up and going and going and going? But um, I had a purpose before everybody had an opinion. It's not about anybody else. I know y'all like that one. <laughs> um, but it's, it's not about anybody else. It's just about going to do it because that's, that's, what you, that's what you want. That's what you set out there to go do. So, um, you know, I've always been my biggest critic, you know, and as the, as the success has come, it'll continue to stay that way. Um, but I also hold uh, the respect of my peers and their words, my coaches, my, my family, my dad, uh, my brother, Coach Sirianni, Coach Brian, the guys that I play with. Uh, those are guys that, you know, in the end, those are the guys that go out there and lay it all out on the line for. So, great, great question. Jalen Hurts, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles right there. Let's get to the best team in hockey right now, the Boston Bruins, who have had a 10-day hiatus. Bruins last played on February the 1st as they beat the Maple Leafs in Toronto 5-2 that night. Then with the All-Star break and some added time in there, Bruins have had a nice 10-day break, eight days off the ice. They practiced yesterday and the day before uh, down at Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton. Bruins right now 83 points, 39-7-5. and They have scored the most goals in the National Hockey League, and they have allowed the fewest goals in the National Hockey League. That is a recipe for being the best team in hockey. We're going to touch base here with a couple of the Boston Bruins. We're going to start with Bruins defenseman Hampus Lindholm, who in my view should have been an all-star. So was there any point during the break where you're like, I need to get back, I need to get going again? Uh, or did you find you know, that eight-day vacation was really needed for body and mind? No, I think it's needed. I think it's just getting a break from uh, being in the room and like everything that comes with it. Like It's so fun to be here, and I think sometimes it's good to get a little fresh fresh air getting outside and obviously everyone had a great break going to some some guys went to some warmer places and some some colder places but i think it's just nice to get a few days and just kind of recharge your batteries and then because it's going to be a long stretch here coming up it's the toughest games of the year coming up and you want to be mentally ready for them and the body to be ready for it too so i think yeah it's great to have that little break Obviously, teams, even great teams, will talk about you know, battles, battling complacency during a long 82-game season. And it seems like the way the NHL has structured these breaks, it's good for the brand of hockey as well, where maybe things will be a little sloppy coming back against the, the Capitals given the time off. But down the stretch, this team will be in a better shape because of this time off, I assume. Yeah, no, for sure. If you had a little bumps, bumps and bruises, that's you know, those extra days definitely heal that up. And uh, so for that reason, too, it's a luxury to have that break. And uh, like you said, it's going to... Getting into the game time now is you can have to be playing smart and simple and then getting 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 into motion and then uh, just keep getting better from there. This team is the best defensive team in the National Hockey League. Why in your view? Like what has worked in terms of forwards make being committed to the, the defensive zone, what you guys have been able to do with good passes out of the zone, the goalies been how has this all kind of worked in your view to become the, the best defensive team in the league? Well I think anyone any team that's the best defensive stats means that they have really good goalies so we've been super spoiled with two great goalies and uh, then obviously everyone buying in it's a it's a five uh, five um, unit out there so if you can work together efficiently uh, it's going to be easier defending for sure like every every team has a way to pick through through other teams and i think we've been doing a good job sticking with our structure and our process and just everyone buying in the other big thing I think, is offensive zone time, and it seems like you guys are really good at using 
know, the secondary rush where they'll be, you know, you drive the net, maybe a two-on-one opportunity, or you gain the zone with speed. But then you know, slowing things back, going from you know, low to high and using the, the D, I mean, I feel like the, the offensive zone time is also really beneficial and also how you manage the puck in the offensive zone. Yeah, no, for sure. I think we, we know the way we want to play and we know the strength uh, of our team and the guys that we have. And I think we, we've been using that to our advantage. And uh, like I said, at the end of the day, you need every five guys out there to, to work as a unit, both defensively and offensively. Because if you do that, you can create create a lot of the good, good scoring chances and pull up pucks in back of net. Then you can also defend a lot. A bit of an old news, but... You've kind of frustrated with how the, the All-Star game is kind of being structured moving forward because I felt like you were an All-Star, but with the way things are progressing, only you know one or two defensemen per uh, division means that obviously there's less opportunities for guys like you to be an All-Star and contracts are structured in certain ways, etc. Is there a frustration with how the league is progressing in that direction? Uh, like I don't know. It's uh, they they choose how it's, it's. I haven't really thought too much about that. Like I said, I'm I'm more focused on the team here. Of course, it it would be really fun individually to to be part of something like that. Like it's, but it's not something you you, you try to focus and put too much energy on. You're just like, for me, I'm focused on more what try to be a better player tomorrow and then what I can do for the team to, to win a hockey game here against Washington. That's always been my main focus and um, all that stuff I, I'll leave to the <laughs> to the people in charge of all that. Final thing is on Ovechkin and like like pasta there's the certain spots on the ice that everybody knows he likes but for some reason it always seems to get the puck in that spot. So from a defensive standpoint like how do you how do you address playing you know Ovechkin and do you like you know a star type player that likes to mix it up physically? Yeah, no, it's fun. I, I played against them, those guys my whole career, so it's, I enjoy playing against them. It makes me better, and uh, so I see it's a fun challenge. And like I said, like they're good players. They'll, they'll punish you if you let them get to that spot. But that's also why I think it's more fun playing against them because you know if you don't if you aren't sharp um, 100% of your shift, you know, you know that might get that one shot, and then it's maybe in back of your net. And uh, I think that's what makes it really fun playing against them too. Where do you see your game right now? There's certain things that you feel like you need to clean up a little bit and kind of you know evaluate as you headed into the break and come out, or do you like where you are? Yeah, no, that's why we had the break. I had a few days here too before uh, getting on with the team to work on some things. So it's nice to kind of like dial all that in, and then uh, obviously I, I I think I have some uh, some more better hockey left in me. So just keep working on those little things that's going to make me a better player tomorrow. Sweet, good to see you. Now let's touch base with Charlie Coyle. So when you have that long of a break, are you just chilling, vibing, or are you looking to get back to the ice at a certain point after like four or five days? Like, eh, let's, let's get back going again. It's hard to like completely turn it off and mentally reset. As much as you want to try, it's like we're just so programmed and trained to be in a schedule. And either if we're not skating, we're working out. You know, if we're not working out, we're skating. So it's it's hard when you go somewhere. And it's it's good in the long run when you take that off, take skating off and but try taking a few uh, few days off of everything, and then you're like, all right, I gotta go find the gym here. I gotta do something, get a sweat in, and it just it it keeps you sane because that's what we're programmed to do, and we've been doing that for forever. So it's it's a good thing to try to mentally shut it off, physically shut it off, but it's hard. Um, so even though you're away, you're still kind of so it really I'm still learning to really try to shut it off 
Um, so I think in the long run, it's really going to pay off for you. Now, a lot of times you go into a vacation mode, and at first you're like you're still in that situation where you got schedule, I got things I need to do, and it takes a couple of days to get into it as well. And, and so kind of the opposite though for you. Yeah, it it, it is. It's like it's just it's it's tough. It's tough to do, um, but like. If you can do that, I've learned it's it's so good in the long run just to reset the mind and you know physically you know if you have any aches or stuff going on, use the break as a as a good tool to kind of just relax the body as well and uh, maybe get some body work wherever you are if you can and uh, and but I think just kind of you know we went we were at you know beachy area and we're you know there's a pool there the ocean just being in there and relaxing is it was so so nice but. I've learned a lot to just try to relax as much much as you can, and um, you know, the few days leading back up, hop in the gym, hop on a bike, get a sweat in, a couple sweats, and so you're not totally uh, stale coming back for that first practice. And definitely during the course of a season, if you are playing every other day and you're having the success this team is having, at times it can get a little. You battle some complacency from from time to time. You get into some bad habits, and that type of refresh, I'm sure, is important. So, looking ahead to the game coming up uh, tomorrow against the Capitals, I mean, what stands out about where you want to see this group in kind of coming back off the break and kind of reestablishing Bruins hockey? Well, it'll be. A good test and a good challenge to see how how quickly we can come back and be efficient, bring focus, and and play a play a good game. You know, and most of the time these games, the first ones back, tend to be sloppy and there's turnovers and and they'll make you pay on those, right? So it's good to have a few practices. You kind of get those kinks out, but obviously a game is totally different um, in certain ways. And but I think just to, I think it's a, it's a challenge with us to to take it as a you know a good test to try to do the right things right off the bat if things go wrong you know let's write the ship next line go out and and do those right things and limit turnovers and make crisp passes make the right plays play a more simple style to start and then we find our legs we find our game and well, uh, eventually everything will pick up after that. Systems and puck management really important. Like when you start a series and you had a time off, same thing coming back here. Yeah. Um, what's the sense that you've gotten about how into the Bruins this region kind of finds themselves at this point? I mean, the Bruins have always been very popular here, but you look at some of the ticket prices in the secondary market, go out, you see people wearing Bruins stuff. Do you feel like it's, it's bigger than it has been during your time here and maybe when you were a kid? Yeah, I, I, I hope it is. It's, it's also when I was a kid, I wasn't living in the city come in for games every now and then and you know kids are wearing uh bruins gear in the suburbs and, and around you know from the city um but now being in it all the time i'm living in the city i'm here you see it more and, and the buzz but i think it has i think hockey around here has even picked up and it's always been uh you know one of the strong sports here and people love it kids love playing it and starting it getting into it and i, I think i think it has picked up and it's it's great to see it's great to see a uh, a, a, a city like this and beyond the city as well really take pride in the passion they bring and supporting us from afar or coming to games watching tv buying jerseys and and showing their support like that it's that's really special and that's those are the places that you want to play at and i think looking back after your career is done you say you know i got to play in boston i got to play here like you're really thankful and i think you know some guys who played elsewhere who you know maybe places that aren't like this or even close to this they can really see that and it really kind of hits home so I think it has grown and I think for good reason and I think we play well because of the fans and I think the fans are passionate because of us too so it's a 
it goes both ways, and, and it's just a great thing, and we, we love playing here. Final thing, you know, this team has had Hall of Fame-type players and has them right now, obviously, in Bergeron and, and Martian, but it feels like, you know, David Pasternak has emerged into that MVP type of category. You know, watching the All-Star game and what he did there and how he was received, like he feels like he's kind of moved into that Ovechkin and, and Crosby type of category. But have you seen that as well? And, you know, in what ways do you feel like he's he's grown as a scorer and perhaps an overall player during the time you've been with him? He's, he's been great. He's a guy who always playing against these guys. He was a, even early on in his career, he's a guy you got to watch out because you know he could be something special, but he's, you know, he's just starting out, so you're not sure. But... He, he has that uh, that talent, you know, he has. And he's only grown into it every year, I think. And he's progressed, I think, each year. I think he gains more confidence each year. And it's a scary thing. It is, it's, a, it's a great thing when you're on his team, but it's a scary thing when you're, when you're, uh, when you're facing him and you're on the other team opposition. So um, he, just, he can be so deadly in so many different ways. And he's such a threat out there that he'll, even if he's not getting the puck or kind of like an OV type, you know, he's taking two guys or their folks on him and something else is wide open because of that. And um, that's a testament to him and, and what he's able to do and the tools that he has. And he's just a, an unbelievable scorer. And he just, you just, you try to take bits and pieces of watching him and what he does and why he is successful. So it's great to be around guys like that that kind of push you. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, you got See it. You Thank you. We talked about it a little bit there, but the Bruins are going to take on the Washington Capitals inside the TD Garden today at 3.30. Then it's on the road as we take a look ahead right now. A couple good games ahead for the Bruins, challenging games against good teams. First off, the Stars are 30-13-10. and 10. That's going to be on Valentine's Day. Then Thursday, they're in Nashville to take on the Predators before returning home a week from today against the Islanders inside TD Garden. Of course, the trade deadline is approaching and it seems like the St. Louis Blues, of course, beat the Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals four years ago. They are in sell-off mode as Vladimir Tarasenko traded from the Blues to the Rangers and also rumors surrounding Ryan O'Reilly being traded as well. Um, we'll see where he ends up. Somebody who wasn't happy about the Tarasenko trade was Patrick Kane. The Blackhawks star was hoping that he was perhaps headed to New York. The NBA trade trade deadline came to a close. No huge moves for the Boston Celtics, but there were some major trades in the NBA. Mike Muscala is headed to Boston from Oklahoma City. Uh, the big is a decent three-point shooter, stretch five, uh, 6'11", uh, 31 years of age, been around the league a bit, uh, played his college basketball at Bucknell. Celtics last night took on the hapless Charlotte Hornets inside the TD Garden after Boston had a really big win over the Philadelphia 76ers on Wednesday night, but a costly one as a collision between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown has sidelined Brown for what appears to be uh, several weeks at this point. Uh, We'll have the latest on that, but first, let's check in with Derek White as this was a huge win for the Celtics in that they were without three of their starters to begin with. No Al Horford, no Robert Williams, still no Marcus Smart. And then Jalen Brown goes down as well. What do the Celtics do? They beat a Sixers team that had been playing pretty well. Here's Derek White on that. I mean, once a playoff start, I feel like regular season doesn't really matter. But, uh, I mean, they were playing well. And, uh, I mean, we always take pride in having a deep team. So whether we are missing guys or guys are healthy, we, we know people like Blake's going to step up. Sam stepped up. I mean, Peyton only played five minutes, but he had some big minutes for us there at the end, getting those stops when we need them. Um, 
So just understanding that we have a deep team and it doesn't matter who's who's in or who's out. We, we trust one through, we got 14, 15 guys. All right, Derek White right there. Let's get the latest now on uh, the injury situation with the Celtics. Brad Stevens spoke last night, and he said he doesn't anticipate Jalen Brown needing surgery. He's not sure how long he's going to be out. The official word on Brown is that he has a facial fracture uh, that he suffered. His status will be updated next week. So he's out for you know at least a week at this point in time, but assume perhaps a little bit longer than that. Uh, Robert Williams returned to the lineup last night. Al Horford was out. Mike Muscala uh, debuted with the Celtics yesterday evening. So the Celtics uh, in action last night, as I mentioned, and a pretty fun game coming up on Super Bowl Sunday against John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Trade deadline was dominated by the breakup of the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving going to the Dallas Mavericks, making them a better team as long as Kyrie is interested in playing and somewhat engaged. Uh, But I thought the real big winners were the Phoenix Suns. The Suns have been out without Devin Booker a lot this year. They're a team that obviously went to the finals just a short time ago and now have four stars in a Western conference that is wide open. So to me, they took a big step forward by acquiring Kevin Garnett and they went all in four first round draft choices. You know, they went all in to win because it looked at Chris Paul. He's not getting any younger. Uh, Devin Booker's in his prime right now. So it's a good time for the Phoenix Suns to go all in. And that's exactly what they did. And, you know, I looked at the trade deadline from the perspective of what does this mean for the Celtics? Who is going to have something for the Celtics in the playoffs? And I don't see anyone in the Eastern Conference having anything for the Celtics when we get to the playoffs. You know, barring significant injuries, you know, major problems in that realm, there is not anybody that is going to have anything for the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. The Bucks don't scare me. The Celtics, you know, beat them last year. They'll beat them again. Uh, the Sixers are, you know, not a team to be taken seriously. You know, it was pretty laughable listening to the pregame show and have Richard Jefferson talking about Joel Embiid being the best player on the floor. He's not. Jason Tatum is the best player on the floor when the Celtics and the Sixers meet, and I'll debate that with anybody. So I look around the Eastern Conference, I don't see anybody that got better, really, at the trade deadline, and I don't see anybody that's going to have anything for the Celtics. Now, at West, let's be honest. Everybody around here, the Warriors scare them. Uh, you don't really want to see the Warriors at the end of the day, and I think the Suns moved into that category. The Mavericks were a, a one-pony show with Luka. Now they have now they have Kyrie as well, but I still think they're well short of being a, a championship-caliber team. So that's where things sit with the NBA. The Red Sox, they are reporting for spring training next week. Not a lot of excitement about the team, other than the fact that it's spring training. As I mentioned last week, you know, once spring training rolls around, I start to get a little bit excited. And then you look at the Red Sox roster, and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm not uh, not seeing how this is going to be all that good of a team. But you know, stranger things have happened. And finally, on the Patriots, you know, I think we'll get a lot more into the Patriots over the next coming weeks. We 
look forward toward uh, free agency coming up uh, in early March. And Patriots have some you know, major decisions to make in regard to their free agents. That's kind of the first item of business for them. And Jacoby Myers is, in my view, the best wide receiver available at this point. So he's going to command major money. And the Patriots generally you know, will not overpay for their own players. So I think that, unfortunately, because Jacoby's a great guy and a great asset to that team, I think that he is going to get uh, fortunately for him, he's going to get a lot of money. Unfortunately for the Patriots, he is going to end up somewhere else. Um, also, you look at the defensive side of the ball, questions with Devin McCourty. Is he going to retire? Also, uh, Jonathan Jones is a free agent who really stepped in as a high-level cornerback this year. So a lot to talk about there, but we got to say goodbye. This has been the Press Pass. I'm Chris Ryan.